Hi, and welcome to Still Loading, a podcast dedicated to exploring leadership for the digital age. My name is Ilona Brannan, and I am your host for this exploration and adventure. I have been fascinated by us humans and how we develop and the interplay with technology for over 20 years now, and I am so excited to be here with you. Leadership is a huge topic, which is so important to be able to create a future world that we want to be part of. And if you are someone who leads an organization, team, project, or simply looking to develop yourself, then this is the podcast for you. So strap on in, get set, and let's disrupt the leadership space to create better leaders for all of us. Now that's definitely worth listening to. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Still Loading podcast. I'm delighted to be bringing a new and exciting guest to be speaking with us today. My guest is Daphne LaForest, and she is a strategist in specializing in dispersed workforce strategy. I believe that's the term. I actually met her on LinkedIn and was just loving her posts and reading what she was up, up to and what she was doing. And I thought she would be an amazing guest to have on the Still Loading podcast. So I reached out to her and she said, yes. So yeah, <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, we finally got together. So it's, it's a really nice um, joy for me to bring her on today. So Daphne, can you tell people a little bit more about the work that you do? Of course. Hey, thank you so much for reaching out. Also, it's always a pleasure to, to meet other people who are super passionate about the digital age, the future of work and everything that how everything is changing at the moment. It's so insane. I, I love what I'm doing right now. So I'm definitely not for I work as a I would call it a distributed workplace strategist for some time. Now I am renaming my consultancy as uh, Modern Leaders. So I'm founding a company called Modern Leaders. I'm super excited to help executives and leaders in their transition to a remote first work model. And it's super exciting because I thought, you know, two years ago when I started helping out, that would be a transition thing, just kind of like for now, just helping out a little bit around around this. And in the end, realize that there is actually so much more to do there. It's actually a massive work field of things to do to to make work a better experience uh, as we become more digital. So I'm super excited about about the journey guys coming. What sort of sparked off your passion for this? Was there something that happened for you that made you think, I really want there to be more flexibility, I suppose, for people? Well, yes, yeah, definitely. This is something I've started personally. So I'm Canadian and where I'm from in Canada, maybe in general, you have by default about two weeks of holiday a year. And I love traveling since I was 15 years old. At 17, I went on my own and with a friend in the middle of the, the south completely of Chile and Patagonia. At 18, I wanted to go to Vietnam. And then I, I really like, just was very interested about the whole world of travels. When I was younger, I was just taking advantage of working a lot and leaving and traveling and coming back and getting more money, you know, trying to find my way of how I'm going to be able to travel. And then when I came to realize, you know, that, you know, this cannot be like this all the time. I cannot just travel and come back all the time. I figured out I need to find a solution to be able to work and continue to make it part of it more of my lifestyle so like how can I mix both together so then I was like okay there's this whole thing about working working on, on your computer online but it seems so unachievable because it was much more at that time for technical people developers designers people that have like very specific skills and I was like mm, how will I do that my skill at that time was much more into management, project management, marketing, these kind of things. And in the end, I just started talking a lot. And then I 
met someone who gave me my first gig, which was like a some sort of a product owner role for a new market of a product that they were wanting to connect the front France and the US. Long story short, it was really a kickoff to like really trying out working remotely and really how I started and gaining skills and everything. But also as soon as I got all this sorted, I started to have clients and everything. I was still not really traveling yet. And when I decided that actually this is really the kind of life that I want to start working and traveling at the same time. 2014, 15 is really when I got like super active and started to really like discover that I can travel. And then after that, I discovered that there's many other people doing this. I, I joined a remote company. I have a long journey, but you know, I, I experienced what it is to be a remote worker as a freelancer, as a, as a remote worker. And then I became very interested in the topic of corporate remote work, which I was calling it that way before in 2016, 2017, when we talked about remote work, it was much more of a like, the startups are cool, like Basecamp and Buffer that are like doing remote work. And we were talking about them as like special cases that were very different, but I wanted to reach out to the corporate world. I wanted the corporate world to know you can maybe have remote work in your company. At that time, I had met actually someone in Thailand that would work for Shopify. And she was actually a customer success manager in, in Thailand doing the shift, the night shift in Canada in Thailand. So that in the end, she was actually doing a day shift in Thailand. It was really brilliant. But anyway, I was really interested about that and wanted to see how can I help companies to become remote and offer more opportunities so more people can do it like me and, and create the life that they want. So there's something that is very to my core. I never thought I would actually end up do this as my as my life uh, and my you know my my bread and butter but it's really a bit of the story of like how I came to what I'm doing today which right now with the setup we are in with a pandemic that completely revolutionized the way we're working it just it excites me for what is coming because it is just the beginning of a complete work workplace revolution yeah, I can hear what you're saying about like the buffer thing and like the cool startups, because actually I used to work for a big, big corporation called PwC. And actually I spent a lot mm, of time working yes. remotely. I know like it's professional services, but I was always a bit, I was always quite surprised in a sense that I worked remotely like seven, eight years ago. So actually when the pandemic hit, I was actually quite comfortable with it. I'd done it before and then I was working in startups anyway. It definitely is a mindset shift. I feel like there's been companies that really just adopted it and went, let's go for it. And there's still some companies, you know, you hear it in the news where they're forcing people to come back. It's not, what would you like to do? It's, you must be back in the office. And I suppose, what sort of things have you seen or have you been talking to clients about what they're doing now that we're sort of starting to go back to the office? I think there's a normal behavior to want people to come back to the office as this is what they've been knowing best. For example, if you have a leader that has been like 15 years working in what he's doing or he or she, sorry, I'm French. So sometimes I, I used the masculine <laughs> first instead of like a, come, uh, an inclusive word. It's the default of French language. Basically, when you have a manager that is be, has been working for 15 years in an office, and then for the two years, they had big struggles of trying to make it work online and everything. And then it's like, finally, we can go back to like what I know, what I'm good at and I, what I feel like. It is kind of tempting for them, but the problem is that not everyone in the company necessarily want to come back to that and discover something new, something maybe more acceptable for their whole, their whole the, the kind of life that they want to have. And now that more and more companies are opening up to having remote work or flexible work as an option, 
they're more likely to to lose the talents who do not want to go to the office maybe some people will just go back to this and maybe some people will just kind of create their own way of work like we are the office club and then you have the flexible work and like future of work club maybe this is going to be what is going to happen but in the clients that i have people that are also thinking it's funny because they kind of want to have that flexibility and showing that yes they do want to offer flexibility in remote work but they still you know they invest a lot of money in their offices and in real estate you know there's a you know how can we use our workspace to you know encourage our employees to still use the real estate that we've created so it's kind of interesting to see how they want to create a kind of hybrid culture where everything is being used and everything is being used well for the right intent I would say if that makes sense I guess that's a challenge, though, to know when to use what modality with intention, right? Because as you mentioned, for a lot of people, they were thrown into this remote leadership sort of space and there wasn't training. There wasn't any sort of like, no. we had the course for that. We didn't get the uh, the memo about this happening beforehand. So what would you say to, I mean, what do you say, in fact, to your clients when you're helping them to think about how to use their offices or their spaces or, or the way that they work with their with their employees, like with that intention? If the intention is we do want to offer a an equitable workplace experience that we want everyone to feel the same thing when they think about our brand and we still want to have people working remotely. I always say then in that case, you really need to think into a distributed by design mindset where the first way you are working, the first experience you're providing is digital, virtual, that this is a default approach to how the company function compared to basically having an office-based mindset, which is work happening in the office. You go to the office for the culture. You go to the office, be able to meet and take this, get decision done. If you're having something virtual, then decision can be made completely virtually. Most leaders of the company are uh, working remotely, digitally in different locations, maybe. You don't need to go to the office to be promoted or be seen. So it's a lot about the the mindset that they're looking for. So this is a bit like depending on what kind of setup that they're looking for. With the clients that you're working with at at the moment, what sort of are the themes and challenges that you see frequently coming up? Well, there is the whole setup of, you know, in leadership, you know, how to stay a good leader or keep momentum in your team there is this whole feeling that the beginning actually a lot of the pandemic was leaders feeling that they lost the momentum of their team like how do I know like things how things are going I was comparing it to like a a conductor that lost their orchestra and then just don't know how to bring all the music together again because they're not used to this and they have to relearn how to do their whole work everything was about bringing their people together they were being fed by the energy of people in the room and people were it was like this so there was a big problem there or a big like challenge to to adapt there definitely and not knowing how to really facilitate a group of people to make sure that people are included in a conversation same way they were doing in person being aware of issues that their teammates might have might have you know when you don't see people come inside the office or see them day to day you don't know their mood like it's not like you can get a feel of how people are feeling just by, by their energy so you don't have these cues anymore there has a lot of relearning 
So that was quite a big challenge. There's other things. This is just about leadership, but you know, there's how do we onboard employees to have the brand experience of this is what it is to work at X company and this is who we are. How do we make that feel same feel? Because a lot of these onboarding were based before in an office of like, okay, the whole experience was about going to the office, get the office sword, go this, do this activity, meet this team, do that, do this. And now you don't have this. How do you make people still feel super excited about joining your company? There's many other other things because it's actually quite a very complex topic, which I realized myself that there's way too much stuff that needs to be solved there. I need to like expand, like, you know, I need to make something that is much bigger, but you know, I'm, I'm only myself for now. So it's, it's you cannot do everything really. No, you have to, you have to choose what you can do at the time for sure. And I love yeah. that analogy that you just used because what came to mind with the orchestra uh, analogy being taken away is you've almost gone from being a conductor in an orchestra to being like a record producer and you've almost got the samples coming in like remotely and then you've got to put it together and that's a different skill set right yeah that makes so much sense I love that yeah I'll keep this I will reuse it <laughs> you're welcome I'd love to give away freebies what do you love about what you do about what I do I mean I see so many different type of companies so many different you know environment and and you see how Every companies have their own little world that they've been living in and they are trying, like, you know, they, they're trying to replicate what they know and they, they go through a, a transition. And it's just interesting to, to observe people that are transitioning into a completely different type of day-to-day. -day. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, you know, the, the, the context changes a lot. So the needs change a lot. But at the same time, many people have things are quite in common to each other, which is, you know, they want to get work done. They want to make sure that their team is feeling well and they want to feel that there's this synergy, even if they are not able to see each other in person. So it makes such a big difference on culture. Like if you had a really strong culture that was not office-based, so it was really like a strong culture about the workplace, the work field, you will see it online. You know, everything that was going, that, that everything that was broken before will look horrible remotely so you really see like all the flaws you know as soon as you move to a remote setup and you, i think people will know by themselves those so listening if there's if it's their company they will know what i'm talking about like okay this was a problem that this was toxic this was like unclear there was no processes for this we had no idea what we were doing there so i think it, it becomes very apparent it's, it's funny mm, yeah it's funny how the remote sort of situation then exacerbates flaws that are already existing that's yeah. one yeah I wonder if um, being in person just sort of it's almost like social glue that keeps you together even if it doesn't quite work well you don't need to make so much effort when you are in person you don't need to make so much effort to get an information to you know tap the shoulder of someone like oh you know don't need to make so much research to go get what you need or you know a lot of things happen you know when the voices around which is also why you know the culture of like well if you know the right people you you know you'll you you you'll have what you get or something that kind of, of culture or you you need it to be there to really get what's happening where when you go remote you don't have this anymore then you need to be super vigilant or super proactive but also just intentional because is the word that everything is saying so you have to be super intentional on 
how you're doing work, how you're communicating. Are you clear and concise? Is your information that you're sharing, is it discoverable for someone else to access it later? Like there is so much, so much, so much to do because it's very easy to get overwhelmed completely in an overload of information and things and notifications everywhere. So there's a lot of work to be done there. Not not all companies are ready to do that, the amount of, of, of change that needs to be done. It's a big change management experiment that we're going through it's it's massive yeah and I don't think it's going backwards right like it will be there'll be a new iteration of what this has been as we evolve out of you know we've moved from a pandemic to an endemic situation that will also be another change I think change is just going to be a much more parallel partner right it's not going to be a sort of as distant as it once was, it would be like, oh, it changes now and again. No, it's right next to you. I think you've got to be on your game for change all the time. Yeah, no, definitely. And I was going to ask around you now, (laughs) all about you, (laughs) about a leader or leadership, like qualities that have inspired you on your journey. For me, uh, my God. I mean, it's funny. Each time people ask me, like someone who who kind of inspired me. I always think back of like one of my first ever remote work experience, which is when I got that first gig of connected that American-based company to a French company, to a French market. And that guy was an American. I always thought really nicely of him because he was really my first person that really believed in my skills or in my, my passion and my energy that I had. I was at the very beginning of my career and he, he was the first remote worker or remote person in in his in his team he was in phoenix people were going to the office every day he really wanted to give that kind of like feel and each time sometime you know he would he would be on a, on a zoom call and this is in 2012 2020 yeah 2012 so like 10 years ago on a zoom call or maybe we were using skype i don't know what we were using at that time but uh we want to call and then you know he would stand up and then go use his like whiteboard and be like yeah but you know definitely like, this is what you should be it should be like this and that and i really like kind of shared a lot of like of excitement and energy for for the work that he was doing and it was really like going through like even with Cameron I really like built a good bond with that with him I felt like it was really a great mentor for me to really like push my boundaries and push my ambitions and uh, even today with if, if I was to update him what I'm doing is always encouraging so I think he had quite a big impact he doesn't necessarily realize but he had quite a big impact on on, on my journey in a way and also the person who actually introduced me to him and gave me that first opportunity like they had a massive impact on on what I'm doing today and I'm always so thankful for having them on my journey otherwise now like that I, I started a podcast before I had a podcast called Remote First Podcast where I speak to executives and leaders of large companies so we can kind of like see what Remote First look in their large setup because it's quite interesting to see like how they're tackling it. I meet so many like incredible people that are so generous and kind-hearted and just wanting to share their experience. I meet women who have so much energy and so much passion for what they're doing they, they, they smile, smile on their face, you know, all the time about what they are working on and how they really truly care about what they do, you know, and, and they really want to, to help you out. You know, they, they are really like, I don't know, there's something that is very special in, 
in the people that I've met last year, I was just realizing how lucky I have been to be able to, to talk to all these people. And I've learned so much, so much from all the people that I've talked to. And I mean, anybody who can go listen to the podcast, they can learn a lot also from them. But it's 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 been a really nice journey. I'm I'm really blessed with the I've seen the networking that happened in the past year. Yeah. Yeah, I've been reflecting on that with my own podcast because it's just been a wonderful way to meet new people who I wouldn't have normally met, I don't think. And it's just amazing the the tools that we have nowadays to kind of connect with people, especially over something that you're really passionate about. Like if we were at a conference, we might still be passionate about the same thing, but we might not actually connect or know each other. But you can really get to see who is into the same stuff as you online, which is cool. Yeah, it's true. Because like, a conference, sometimes you feel like you have a conference marathon. I'm like, you want to make like as many people as possible. I get super excited when I go to a conference. I just want to talk and, and connect and, and feel the energy of everyone. But in the end, I just kind of meet people very superficially, unless I, maybe I have a coffee with them. Where like on a call like this, I can have like a one hour conversation or maybe 30 minutes conversation with someone that's very like specific. So it's actually like an even better connection than moving to a conference to, to meet people. Yeah, well, and the thing is, I'm a bit of an introvert, so I find conferences, mm. I like to know the information, but I'm just not necessarily going to do the room, if you know what I mean. So the, for me, this right, is- yeah, no, I get that. I mean, I feel like for me, I'm a bit of both where I I will take advantage of the feel of the room and like, depending of like the energy of the day, but I do need a break, you know, to like really like uh, go and recharge batteries at the end because it's going to be like definitely super interested and like very like engaged conversation to suddenly I'm completely shutting down and I'm like just looking in the in the emptiness exactly. and you're like are you here <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly social fatigue is real people take breaks what's sort of something that you feel like you've developed as a leader on your own journey I think I mean, I, I'm a big chatty person, you know, like I, I can take a lot of room. And when I was younger, I used to just be like very outspoken and just, you know, this is what we do and everything, but not necessarily be super, not empathic. I had like a lot of empathy and understanding like people, but I was not necessarily like that good at understanding everyone's needs in a, in a room or like really like have a good feel of, of people. And it's something I really, really developed mostly in my remote work journey which I realized when everybody went through the pandemic and I saw that I actually knew how to feel how someone is doing just by looking at them on a video camera you know I could really like I think my empathy level I've really like grown much more like okay I can feel that you know that person is not feeling too well or like you know they've been They've been lacking a bit on that side. They've been like not necessarily get involved in the conversation as they normally do or, you know, or taking more time off. They feel you can see that something's wrong. So I would have a bit more of ability to feel these cues, which um, when I, before I wouldn't have probably never really understood that or like I would have expected people to just speak up because extrovert people maybe think that well, people speak up when they have a problem but not it's not true not everybody will necessarily speak up and then with remote work you can really have a lot of people that are isolated or understanding a problem completely differently than what you think the problem is 
So they will make themselves a whole, their old scenario. And you make your whole scenario because you're completely diff two different worlds. You're living your own issue in your own space and they're living their issue in their own space. When it's clashing, then it can be like quite hard to like do conflict resolution long distance can be very problematic. And I had to go through this when I was younger and it's definitely a hard path that I've learned to be able to understand how people are are doing online still something to learn that don't get me wrong like it's it's very hard to get people even in real life so yeah i think that's definitely something that i got better at with time yeah and i think that's so interesting that you have developed greater empathy by working remotely i think that's so interesting because you wouldn't necessarily put those two together but i think that's remarkable that you've been well i don't know anything different to be honest I, like i never worked in a office setup or like i have the only experience i had was really working maybe in the restaurant industry when i was younger or i worked in guerrilla marketing setups yeah. or something <laughs> where like i was like giving samples around be like super like extrovert and everything and you know you don't really have time to really learn empathy and all these kind of things and I never been in a workplace so for me it's more like I think I would have probably been better at social skills and when you work remotely for so long you actually lose a bit of that mm -hmm. social skill there, there's a piece that is difficult that is uncomfortable when you meet people in person for the first time there's always a bit of friction of oh this is new like I don't know you like how will I feel with you and it takes practice and when you don't have practice, then, you know, you don't necessarily have it. So I ended up feeling more comfortable talking to a new person like right now uh, virtually than if we were together in person. I might not be as confident. I might not have like be so relaxed or something, which is, yeah, you know, I think it's just getting used to the setup that you're in. I think that's great, great advice. Because you're talking to loads of different leaders at this point, right? So what are the trends that you're seeing out there with the companies that you're working with towards the next iteration of this workforce, mm -hmm. distributed workforce? The one main point is that people are still figuring things out. There's really no one that are in large companies that are like, we nailed it, we're virtual first, we know it all, and then you know, follow us. There's nobody that is really like, that went through a transition. So I'm talking about those who we're not from the ground up remote, okay? So this is definitely a trend where I see that there's still a lot of people learning. People did not try hybrid yet. Last year, that trend was the future of work is hybrid, 2021, January. We're in January 2022, no one is hybrid yet, mm -hmm. you know? So their office is not there yet. People are still kind of looking. We have no idea what hybrid would look like. I don't think we can actually plan or, or, or do a prediction of like, this is what hybrid work will be. People are still doing surveys on LinkedIn of like, do you pretty office or two days at home? And I'm just like, stop with your surveys. Everybody stop with LinkedIn polls. We don't want them anymore. <laughs> no, but LinkedIn polls is fine, but just like, okay, so would you do one day a week or two days a week on like just full remote? Like what's your vote? What teams you're on? I'm just like, stop this. Like, this is not about what it is. It's about much more than that. And it's about like, how are we enabling a workplace experience that is equitable wherever you're working from, wherever you're going. And this is where uh, the companies will have to really like focus on because the office, I feel like it's just going to be something that's going to come back gradually. And then, you know, it's, it's not going to be like 
day in, day out of like, we were not in the office, now everybody's in the office. People are gradually opening or people are sometimes using the office, sometimes not, but there's no hybrid yet. There's no such thing as team office, team remote, or those who not, don't like the office. We don't know yet how it's going to how it's gonna work. And then at that point, I think many companies that thought they were doing remote first well will have to reassess again. So I know I have a lot of work still for many years. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to be out of work, you know? So there's a lot of needs there, a lot of training needed. There's a lot of like organization design to be done. Ask companies about their workflows. How are your workflows working? Most of them, their workflows are exactly the same that it was when they were in an office. They didn't change anything. All the changes now they have meetings, they try to reduce them. They didn't really think about, okay, but what about we rethink about how work happened? How are we collaborating? And those who are actually doing that are those who are either started a company like not that long ago or are fully remote from the ground up. So they never knew the office. Like this was never part of their culture. So they have no idea what it is to work in an office. So their culture of work and their workflows are really adapted to be remote first, digital first. They could add an office onto that and it would become a, a bonus of a place you can do your work. I am not against having offices or hubs. I think meeting in person is great to have. Like when I used to work for Human Made, we were a small company and maybe 10% of us really like traveling. And sometime we would just organize co-working trips where we would just like pay out of our pockets and just see like, let's meet up in this location and work together for two weeks and like go some way. You know, like, this is so, it was so amazing. Like at that time I was like, this is the dream. I've made it, <laughs> you know, but it, I think we will see more of that. But yeah, there is so, so much that is, is coming still. We're not done. No, we're really not. I think we're only still just working it out for sure. And I guess my final question for you today is around leaders, right? What would be your three top tips for leaders in the digital age? We're not done. So what could mm-hmm. they start with today? that you know to be true? Well, like I said, even for me, like be vulnerable to, to your team. You know, it's it's okay to not knowing everything and to, you know, it's a work in progress and to just be transparent on like what you're working on. You will probably get involved in the same way if you're being transparent of your own flaws as well. And it creates a lot of trust, mostly remotely when you are opening up to, to your team, care about your team, you know, be aware that you're not that aware of everyone's reality. So that's like definitely a one that is very important. Ask yourself, how can you better support your team to achieve their goals? Instead of like, how can I direct my team to achieve the goal, you know? And then what kind of help can I provide? Like you're there to help people. Like you're, you're there to guide, to coach everyone together, which brings me to a third tip, which is facilitation. If we want less meeting, we need more facilitators. If you grow your facilitation skills, it's just going to help the, your team evolve anyway. The way that you are enabling meetings, enabling people to speak up and to take part in the meetings grows a lot around your facilitation skills. So grow the art of facilitation. I do a workshop about this and it works. It works amazingly. So I think that would be like Three of them, like facilitation, no trust, vulnerability, and supporting your team, definitely. Yeah, I think they're great tips. And the facilitation one in particular, I have to say, is the game changer for any leader really wanting mm-hmm. to 
ensure equity across their team, both in terms of where they're working, wherever they're working, and whatever, whoever they are. I think it's a, a mm -hmm. real, real important skill. And, and please do get in contact with Daphne if you want to uh, learn that skill, because I really endorse it wholeheartedly. So how can people find more, more about you? The best way is to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm a big LinkedIn person. I think I got a bit yeah, addicted to it in the past <laughs> two years. So you can follow me on LinkedIn or add me on LinkedIn, message me there. It's really the best way to, to connect with me. I, on the other social media, I'm not really present. So it's really there that you can you can meet me. You can look for the Remote First podcast. Remote First FM is the website. You can listen to the content there. Amazing people have been passing by and sharing their stories. So that's how you can reach out to me wonderful well thank you so much for joining me today it's been a real pleasure i'm glad we finally got to connect virtually on on our call and thank you for sharing your insights and expertise it's been absolutely lovely thank you so much it's been awesome thank you for inviting me thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support this podcast please share it with others share it with your friends your family your colleagues anyone you think who might benefit from listening Post about it on social media as well or leave a rating and review and please subscribe to catch all the latest updates and episodes. You can also find us on Instagram at Still Loading Podcast. Thanks and I'll see you next time. Bye.